This is Terminal Talk, the audio journal for the Owensville Terminal Model Railroad. Welcome, and thank you for listening. My name is Tom Convoy, and I will be discussing the experience of building an HO Model Railroad, as well as other model railroad and railroad-related topics. This is episode number 15. On this episode of the podcast, I will be giving a layout update, I'll be talking about a new feature, and I will also be discussing a new layout that I'm building. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a few months since the last episode. I do have to apologize. This was supposed to be a special edition with members of the Micro Model Railroad Cartel. Unfortunately, due to busy schedules, we were not able to get together to record a show, so this will just be a regular edition of the Terminal Talk podcast. I want to start off first with layout updates. Back in, oh, I guess it was tail end of September, October, I began to work on the layout of scenery base and did something a little different this time. Uh, normally, I will, on a standard layout, will use usually the cardboard webbing with the plaster cloth rolls and cut those into strips and just apply it to the cardboard webbing. Uh, but since the rural grain dealer's layout has a flat base, I needed to change things around a little bit. So what I'm using, I use for the track and for the roadbed, I use homosote. And I also used some homosote for the structure bases and, you know, applied those to the layout base. And then I went ahead and used a cardboard webbing, but, you know, standard corrugated cardboard would actually be a little too thick to really work with because I'm, I'm looking at maybe at the most, the deepest level on the layout base is only going to be roughly about half inch to three quarters of an inch. So I had to find a different cardboard source and was eating breakfast one morning and looked at the cereal box, was getting ready to put it in the trash and thought, hey, looked at the cardboard and it was in thin enough profile. So I decided to go ahead and uh, cut that into strips and thought about using that for webbing. And I did, but one of the problems I had with it was, you know, cereal box cardboard is really about the thickness of uh, standard cardstock. So maybe even just a hair thinner. So it was a little a little too flexible, but it didn't work too bad. I just cut it into strips and I hot glued it down to the layout base and just, you know, uh, weaved it like a basket. I also found a box that uh, my wife had for some stuff she was doing. It was corrugated, but it was very thin corrugated cardboard. So I used that and cut that and it was a little bit sturdier than the cereal box. I decided to follow a technique that I watched on a Model Railroad DVD uh, from Joe Fugate, which is off his 10 Mile Creek video series. And I had purchased that a couple years ago uh, as a digital download. Watch that. He uses the cardboard webbing and he uses masking tape instead of the plaster cloth strips. So I decided to go ahead and do that. I was really surprised. It worked out real well. I think I had, off top of my head, I don't have the layout handy, but I think the tape was inch and a half. It may have even been two inch tape. Working with that, I just kind of you know, would take it off the roll, uh, cut it into the length that I wanted it, and just overlap the tape over the uh, cardboard webbing. And it worked out really well. I was able to place my roads in and put some elevated sections in so that it wasn't just a flat sheet of plywood with foam texture placed over it where it looks like a golf course, and not only a golf course, a really flat golf course. And it gave some undulations and some other things with it. So I thought it turned out real well. And then after I had placed the tape down, and again, following Joe Fugate's instructions on his video, I went ahead and used a mixture of interior flat latex paint. 
that I bought from my local Walmart store and just diluted that one-to-one with water, brushed that over and let it dry. Automatically, I had a nice instant covering, did not have any messy plaster cloth or any of that residue from the plaster, so looked real good. I'm going to go ahead and use for the next layer on the scenery base, I'm going to use Sculptamold instead of Moldesine. Originally, I was going to use Moldesine because I have a couple containers of that on hand, but I really prefer Sculptamold. The only problem is I don't have a supplier here in my area, but I went on to Amazon.com, found a pretty good price on a bag of Sculptamold, so I went ahead and ordered that. So I'm going to go ahead and use that product. I really like to work with it. It's just a, uh, a wonderful product to use, very versatile. I like it too because you can add a little bit of latex paint to it, just craft store paint to tint it before you put it on the layout base. And it doesn't seem to affect its drying time. Uh, when it dries, it doesn't make it mushy or anything like that. It still dries the same way it does if it's not tinted. But to be careful if you ever do that, just make sure you don't get too much paint because it could slow down the drying time quite a bit if you add too much of latex paint to it. But so far, I have not had any problems with it. going to go ahead and do that for the next layer and probably just going to apply about an eighth of an inch, uh, at the most a quarter of an inch of this material to the layout base. I'm going to let that dry. And then something that I haven't done before, and again, referencing back to the Joe Fugate uh, 10 Mile Creek DVD series, I'm going to use zip texturing. I don't remember if I've discussed this before in a previous podcast. I had never used the technique before, but I had built a couple dioramas using tempera paint uh, mixed with plaster of Paris. And I really like the effect, especially for dirt. It really models dirt well. So that's what I'm going to do after the sculptable base dries. I'll go ahead and start applying zip texturing to it. And of course, adding different foams and grasses and other things like that to uh, give the landscape a realistic look. podcast is hosted for free by podbean.com. I'd like to introduce a new segment to the Terminal Talk podcast, and it's called a personal plug. What this is, is I'm going to promote a particular product or service that I have found useful and that I think would be useful to other model railroaders. But I want to stress a few things about this. I'm not being paid to do this. The products and services that I'm going to be covering and plugging in this segment, I've not received compensation. I've not been requested by these manufacturers or services to promote this on the podcast. It's not paid advertising. It's just my experience with a particular product or service that I have found to be useful and want to share it with you so that you could try it out and see for yourself. I hope you enjoy this new segment. I'd like to give a personal plug to a company called Clever Models. Clever Models provides images that you print out on cardstock. These images are of various structures, textures, such as siding material, roofing material, windows, doors, and they also offer narrow gauge locomotives and narrow gauge rolling stock. Many of the structures are offered in various scales. The various structures, rolling stock, and textures are offered from O scale down to N scale. Clever Models offers 
CDs of their various structures, textures, and even their narrow-gauge critters and narrow-gauge rolling stock. They're all reasonably priced. The CDs range from $39.95 down to $29.95. One of the neat features about their website is that they offer many other structure kits as a digital download. And that's a great way to get a kit within a couple of minutes and you can start building as soon as you print it off on your printer. That's a really neat feature and I really like that. Another great thing about their digital downloads is that they're all reasonably priced. Most of the kits are under $10. Wow, a model kit under $10, that, that's a great price. That's, that's hard to beat. Be sure to check out Clever Models webpage and you can find that at clevermodels.squarespace.com. I also wanted to share with all of you that I am building a, another layout and this layout is going to be a micro layout and it's called the car shop. It's a one foot by four foot layout and it's going to feature the Walther's car shop as well as four tracks. It's something that uh, I've been kind of kicking this idea around for a while and have drawn a couple of track plans for it. I have decided to go with just a very very basic four track layout with a single track traverser so that all of the tracks can be accessed and this uh, traverser will be hidden. It's a layout that I'm featuring on the Micro Model Railroad Cartel blog page. You can follow along with my progress and the address for that is mmrrc.blogspot.com and I just want to encourage you to come by and check out my build post as well as other posts that are featured on the blog page. Links for this episode of the podcast can be found at the Terminal Talk main page at terminaltalk.podbean.com. This concludes this episode of the podcast. Be sure to check back next time when I will be discussing more of what's going on with the Owensville Terminal Model Railroad. Thanks for listening. Royalty-free music for Terminal Talk has been provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incompetech.com.